0: Sawden, founder of Roddyville Sanctuary and the Rancher Advocacy Program. And this is my amazing husband,
1: Tommy Saunin.
0: And we are with SoFo B Gang.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to the SoFlo Vegans Podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. Also joining us as co-host is Alba Mendez, our media coordinator. On today's episode, we have Renee and Tommy from Rowdy Girls Sanctuary. They discuss how cattle ranchers can switch from animal agriculture to building a sustainable vegan business. We also explore their history with cattle ranching and what inspired them to go plant-based. On this episode, we look at a lot of different topics that really tie themselves to passion. And that's what we do with SoFlo Vegans because we're focused on making South Florida a global hotspot for veganism. For more episodes, go to SoFloVegans.com podcast. This episode is brought to you by A Billion Veg. Now this is a platform for you to voice your opinion about anything plant-based and cruelty-free. They share your feedback with business owners to help them shift to more plant-based options. And they also support animal rescue work around the world every time you leave a review. So go to our community page at SoFloVegans.com community to see all of our deals and a link to a billion veg app. So sit back and enjoy our episode with the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. I am one of the hosts of this podcast and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. And joining us as our co-host, we have...
3: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Alba.
2: And as always, Alba is going to do do us the honors of introducing our guests.
3: So I am super excited, guys. You know that all of our guests have been extra special, but this one to me is doubly, doubly special because it is none other than the founders of Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. So please help me to welcome Tommy Sonnen and Renee King Sonin. Yay! Welcome to the podcast, Thank guys. You.
2: And there's a tradition on our there's a tradition on our show. The first question is always the origin story question. How did you begin your journey into living a plant-based vegan lifestyle?
0: Well, we began our plant-based journey when I began to have real affection and feelings for a little baby girl named Rowdy Girl. So Rowdy Girl is a calf that I purchased uh, several years ago before we ever became a sanctuary. And I always like to tell everyone that Rowdy Girl was my vegan advocate. It's because of her that I actually saw all the other cows, all the babies, the community. I was able to really uh, begin to acknowledge their right to life. I began to acknowledge that, you know, cows were also, you know, had feelings like a dog or a cat. And it was, it, that's what started me on my plant based journey. But the journey itself was quite detailed. Uh, my husband's plant based journey is a result of me freaking going crazy, okay? Honestly.
1: Yeah, I never <laughs> intended to be vegan. Uh, there was no way I was ever going to be vegan. That was. Bunch of crazy people. It's,
3: that reminds uh, me of what my boyfriend said but, when I started dating him as well.
1: I'm coming up on five years now. Congratulations! And, uh, very very happy with. You.
3: But I saw in the bio that you guys sent to us that uh, Tommy is a multi was a multi generational cattle rancher.
1: My great grandfather uh, owned a slaughterhouse and uh, just what was downtown Houston almost uh, the turn of the century. And he uh, raised cattle between San Antonio and Houston and he died about 1936 and my dad went to world war II. and um, my grandfather really didn't uh, do too much. Not like my great grandfather did, but I acquired the ranch in 2002. Uh, after me and Renee had been divorced for about six years, And the lady that owned the ranch had about 17 cows, I think. And I asked her what she was going to do with them. And she said, Oh, I'm going to send them to the auction barn. And I said, well, maybe we can work a deal out. And I acquired the old cows that came with the property. And then I bought some new ones. And anyway, I got my herd up to about uh, 30 cows. It wasn't a big ranch. I was never a big rancher. Uh, but I would sell about, 20 a year, somewhere about like that. And then Renee came into the picture. Uh, my ex wife started visiting the ranch. Uh, we struck up a relationship. We Again. got remarried in 2010. Wow. And every time I sold cows, she just uh, freaked out. And, um, you know, I never really liked taking my cows to the auction barn. I never liked that. That was the worst part of being a rancher and I don't have to anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he never liked it. He never liked it, but he did it anyway. And the thing is, I was very vocal about it. And I wasn't a vegan. I just was like, oh my God, I don't, I mean, as long as I didn't have to see it, touch it, look at it, you know, as long as I didn't have to be aware, hear the moms crying, see the babies freaked out because they're leaving the property, Uh, As long as I didn't have to see or know all that, I was complicit, you know, to the whole thing. I just, but when I started seeing it and started feeding this little calf named Rowdy Girl, I went freaking out the wazoo crazy on my husband. And I wasn't vegan. I just was like, I don't want to do this. Why do we do this? Why aren't we eating our own animals? Why aren't we, you know, I mean, I started just asking a ton of questions.
1: And she had Rowdy Girl because I encouraged her to buy you know, a calf so that she would be, you know, involved in the ranching operation. And it kind of backfired on me because, uh, she bottle fed the calf Aww. and it became, you know, it became like Renee's kid. And she was, Ratty Girl was spoil, spoiled and Ratty Girl had a baby. Uh, my rancher friends named the baby Houdini because Ratty Girl always had an ability to be able to slip the barbed wire fence and we lived along Highway 35, uh, in a very busy highway, and in the wintertime, it'd be very green out there and they would always, Ratty Girl and Houdini would always slip the fence and go out there and eat and the cops would come and the cops were there 50 to 60 times uh, to get Rowdy Girl's uh, daughter back in, and my rancher friends would call and say, Hey, Tommy, you better get out there to the highway. The uh, the cops are out there with that Houdini calf. Uh, and uh, that's how his name or her name. So this
3: but- is True Story. True Story. Oh my God, I love that name, Houdini. And Rowdy Rat- Girl by itself, it's like a cute little, really cute little <laughs> name. So this happened. So you guys got remarried back in 2010. And then. Renee had her freak out, like she says, her crazy time, her crazy moment. So what time or I guess I want to say what date was it that you discovered veganism or at least plant-based eating like in something lit lit up in your
0: brain and said, hey, I don't have to, we don't have to kill them anymore. I get to tell the story you don't like. Okay. Tommy does not like me to tell this story, but I, I tell it all the time because this is the moment I went vegan, okay? Nice. The moment I went vegan was uh, on October 31st, 2014. Halloween. And uh, yeah, it was Halloween. It was, yeah, exactly. And we were at his mother's house. Uh, God rest her soul. She was a great, great lady. And um we were there for a little halloween party for all the kids and i had recently i had that day watched a little mini documentary called uh carnism you know why we love dogs wear cows or eat pigs or something like that it was by melanie joy dr melanie joy phd and in that little uh, segment, she tells a story about a family eating beef stew. Have you heard of it? No, but yeah. I just wrote it down so mm-hmm. I can research it. Yeah, she tells a story about this family eating beef stew, and, they're, and she's passing it around, and they're all eating it, and they're just loving it and savoring the taste. And then somebody says, oh, I love this so much. What's the recipe? And she says, well, you start off with a pound of very young golden retriever. And I heard that, and and so that day I had watched that, but what you have to understand is prior to that day, I had been watching slaughterhouse videos, I had been... I was in my moment, if you will, which took about four years. It was a four-year moment of going crazy. Uh, You know, I was was trying to reconcile how I was going to live with a man that I truly loved, wanted to be with my whole life. And here I was, I could not stand being uh, a part of what we were doing as ranchers. I just, it was tearing me up. And I wasn't a vegan. But it was just starting to really wear on me. And uh, so that day, uh, you know, was just a day like any other day that past four years where I was watching videos, crying, boohooing. Tommy was like, what are you watching that stuff for? Why are you always crying? Why are you always watching this? Well, that day was the day that the clock started ticking for me to go vegan. And I didn't know it. Uh, I watched that and I was just like shocked for a minute. I was like, oh, my God, you know, they're eating a baby dog. And then she said, oh, no, just kidding. It's really a cow. And everybody that was eating that stew still could not resume eating because the perception was already in their head that they were eating a baby retriever. Uh, golden Retriever. So anyway, I had watched that, and then we went to my mother-in-law's that evening, and lo and behold, she was serving beef stew that wow. night. <laughs> and when she brought the stew out, uh, all the kids were running around in their Halloween gear, and we were fixing to watch a little parade that always came out you know, in the neighborhood every year, little Halloween parade. And when she brought that stew out, my ears started ringing all i knew is i couldn't eat it mm. I, I i i no way i could eat it and I, I just couldn't believe i was actually in that story it was as if i i'd been put in this story that i had just seen and i was like i can't eat that and and she said well why not renee i said because and everybody's talking having a good time i said because it's got floating dead hacked up animal parts in it mm. and My mother-in-law looked at me, her eyes wide, and she went, well, Renee, you can pick it out. I said, no, ma'am. There's no more picking it out for me. Mm -hmm. And everybody that was there looked at me. Everybody stopped talking. It was as if you could hear a pin drop, and it was as if I had cussed my mother-in-law out by saying it's got floating dead hacked up in animal bodies. I went vegan that moment. That was the moment for me when I called it on the carpet, when I finally said, no, that's not beef stew, that's dead, packed up animal bodies. That pretty much reminds I'm me... I'm a vegan
3: That It reminds me of that scene from... Uh, you ever seen that uh, movie, My Big Fat Greek uh, Wedding, where she's like, well, uh, uh, Ian is a vegetarian. And he's like, what do you mean he don't eat no meat? <laughs> that kind of just reminded me of what you just said.
2: <laughs> hey. So, so we... You mentioned how you're family reacted to you going vegan. How, how have you adjusted or was it pretty an easy process for you for, especially like I'm a making up that like in Texas, it's a big deal eating meat. Like what was that transition for you, for both of you?
0: Well, we have different experiences, Tommy, what's yours?
1: Well, I never wanted to be a vegan and that was in October, the end of October and things just got worse and worse between me and Renee up until I was trying, she had already blocked me from selling any calves that year, and I had too many of them on the property, and they were eating all the grass, and they were getting out on the highway, especially her two, and it it was just a crazy time. Uh, She had left, and I started loading up some uh, calves to sell them. And here she comes. She showed up. We had a little uh, standoff out by the red trailer. Uh, she basically said, If you haul these calves off, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to buy them back with your credit card, or I'm going to go to jail and you're going to come bail me out and you're going to be the most embarrassed person wow. in Missouri County. Wow. And I know Renee, she do something crazy like that. And
3: uh, we're kind of gathering so that from I, her personality. <laughs>
1: I, I took my hat off and threw it on the ground I think and I started yelling, cussing, going get out of my blankety-blank business uh, it's this is it I'm selling the whole blankety-blank herd because I figured the divorce was on, and uh, you know, that would be the second divorce for us and, uh, wow. and anyway I, I didn't want to do it but I was being forced to and up and out of nowhere she goes, well if you're gonna sell the whole herd, why don't you sell them to me? And I laughed because I, I thought that was really stupid. I thought it well, but then I said, oh, you wanna buy them? Okay. I'll sell them to you at a discount rate $30,000. You see, I had tractor uh, payments and baler uh, payments and all that. You know, knowing what I know now, I'd, I should have said, Oh, that's a good idea. Let me donate them and start a, a sanctuary and go vegan. <laughs> <laughs> he, he,
0: if he would have, there ain't no way he'd have said that. He caught me and now.
1: I'm thinking, <laughs> my guy, you know, uh, this is going to be just like when uh, she looked for a sanctuary for her two calves that were causing all the problems and she couldn't find anybody that would take them. It'll mm. go away in a week. She'll say, Oh, I can't do it. So I said, okay, you can buy them. And she goes, well, will you lease me the land for a dollar a year? I said, sure. How about two years? Sure. And-
0: uh, That's cause had already been talking to people, you know, I, I'd already been, I, I'd already set all this up secretly. I had started a page <laughs> called Vegan Journal of a Rancher's Wife. And I had already, you know, been plotting and manipulating behind the scenes on wow. how I was gonna buy, the, Cows, and i didn't tell tommy this you know because what i knew is that he was serious he was going to send all of those cows to the cell barn every one of them the mamas the babies the papas the sisters the uncles all of them and see to me they were no longer you know i was vegan and i was not only a vegan i was a straight up on the top of my skin vegan where you know everything i felt <clears throat> everything I, I i couldn't stand it I, I lived out there with the cows more than i lived at home uh oh. when you know during that time cuz i couldn't stand being in the house because our house was full of deer heads uh exotic animals all over the the, the house because my husband was a hunter he's still a hunter but he hunts arrowheads now and uh relics you know he goes out and with his metal detector and and find that's his passion he's always loved to hunt but now he just hunts metal you know and arrowheads but anyway, so, but to get back to your question, because you're quite, we didn't answer your question, I'm sorry, but your no, question this was how did, how did this everybody, how did everybody, yeah, yeah, no, we're just kinda, we get off on 10, you have to understand. The community really didn't have a problem with what we were doing because the community didn't really know about it. Mm. Uh, you know, people in other countries and other states knew about what we were doing, before our next-door neighbor, mm. uh, because I was on social media trying to get help to buy these cows. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just didn't want to see them go to, to slaughter. I mean, I, I wouldn't leave him at that time, because if I left Tommy, he would have slaughtered that whole herd. Mm. And so, and if he left me, he knew I would have taken over. And so we were at, a like, a standoff, you know? We were like... <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And see, so, yeah, I... I had a lot of money invested in, in the ranch, in the equipment, wow. I did a lot of hay baling, and in the herd, and, and when we got married, that was all you know, paid for, except for the bills I had. And I was thinking, you know, hey, the divorce is coming. Uh, yeah, you can buy them, but you're paying for them. Uh, if I had it to do all over again with what I know now, it would have been a different story, but it it took me another three and a half months. I became vegan on May 2nd, 2015, Mm. after I started talking to uh, Renee's friends that were coming around the house, and I I told her after a few weeks after I cooled off, I said, well, I'm gonna start eating like you are, but I'm gonna tell you whether I like it or not, and everything just plain out sucked. It it was terrible. You didn't
0: like the taste? It wasn't terrible. you know who my friends? And I started
1: cooking were? Wait, for wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait a minute. You know who my friends were that were coming around the house—the crazy hippie vegans, Kip Anderson. Who? Oh, uh, you wow. Know, with what? Cowsp- what? What? Anderson with oh. cowsp- <laughs> Uh, You know what the hell? That's my friends that were coming around the
1: house. And um, you know, they- I, I've always <laughs> thought myself as a, a person that could look at data. And make a logical choice and, right, right. and people started telling me about all the problems with the environment in the world and the proliferation of cattle to feed people and, and I'm part of that you know because I'm making a lot of hay to sell to people to mm-hmm. feed their cows where that land you know was just used for hay and so, you know, I started putting two and two together and uh, and I knew I was unhealthy at the time. I, In fact, I started cooking for myself. Potatoes, jalapenos, and onions were my staple mm. because everything she was eating really tasted terrible. And the weight started dropping off. It wasn't off. that
0: it was terrible.
1: She it's didn't that... know how to cook vegan food at no, that time. No, I did know she how. She's really good at it now.
0: I was good at it then.
1: And plus there's more options. But
0: there. his taste buds <laughs> were different. <laughs> he is. He was... He was addicted to blood and pus and excretions, right? He was addicted to
1: the flesh, the taste. taste. I was vegetarian for about three months because the only thing that was keeping me from being vegan was uh, cheese and ice cream. I'd go down to the Sonic and get a cheese sandwich. And uh, on May 2nd, Follow Your Heart brought the the cheese and uh, So Delicious brought the ice cream out to our event. And after I had that, I said... I can do this. That's it. Yeah, we had an event.
0: We had uh, our first ever, you know, event out at Rider Girl Sanctuary. I had raised almost the money I needed to buy the herd. And Tommy was, you know, he was more relaxed about it. Uh, Kip Anderson had come to speak. You know, he was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had talked to Howard Lyman and other folks, you know. And so he was being more and more uh, Robert Bellow was another guy oh. I was talking to a lot that really uh, talked to Tommy and helped Tommy get softer around the edges of, you know, that vegans may not be all crazy. Uh, granted, a lot of us are. A lot of us mm-hmm. vegans are freaking nuts. But, you know, um, when, you're, when you're former cattle ranchers, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, there's a different vibe to all that. It's not your typical vegans, you know, in California, New York, or whatever you know and so when we had that fundraiser i had all these you know vendors and sponsors come in and for the first time tommy was able to taste you know a cheese and an ice cream that he could live with and he went plant-based that day uh that day during the event and i'll never ever forget it that was the day that we finally united Uh, And he became co-founder of
3: Rowdyville Sanctuary. I do have to say a comment about that when they call us crazy vegans and I'm putting my fingers up as air quotes is because if it wasn't for quote unquote crazy people, the end of slavery wouldn't have come. Women wouldn't have the right to vote. We wouldn't have the gay rights that we have now or any other social issue resulted from this. And now that this is now our, our fight now, at least for us, many plant-based and vegans is the liberation of animals. I mean, maybe 20 years ago, I might've been crazy, but now it's roll, rolling down the hill faster than anything uh, me personally. When they call me that crazy vegan girl, I'm like, yes, right here. And, and oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> me too.
2: And I, and I'll, I'll add to that by saying for me, it's less about being crazy and more about being passionate and making that and no matter what nothing deterring you from your passion and when you have people like yourself and a lot of people in this movement who are moving the needle forward because they're not holding back it doesn't matter how you're how you look to other people what that does is it creates the space for people to connect with each other and show the whole spectrum it's like you move away, oh that's that's extreme for me. You go to someone else and you're like, Oh I just got an analogy, good cop, bad cop. You know, it's it's like it pushes you but if you just have one or the other it doesn't work well. So I just wanted to throw that in as far as it's the passion that that drives people.
0: And that happens. That that you know like like right now I'm gonna just take a little bit of a segue and just say because everything going on in Australia mm. I I am I feel so healthy and I'm so passionate about animal liberation and animal rights I'm 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 so committed I mean last year on my birthday I got a tattoo and it looks like this right here because of my passion right so. I got this tattoo. So for our listeners, Renee right now just took off her
3: sweater. And she's showing us a tattoo of her right arm.
0: Yeah. It says, vegan, rowdy girl, cow mama. And it has a picture of a cow. It's our logo. And then when I turn 62, uh, when I turn 62 in February, I'll get another one. I will get a tattoo every single year, and I haven't told Tommy this; he, he doesn't
3: know it. Oh, until, gosh.
2: Animals, <laughs> until
0: animals are liberated, I will have a tattoo on my body every year that I'm that I'm alive.
2: Uh-huh. Something. Hopefully, you won't you won't so, you won't get a lot of tattoos.
0: Oh my God! Poor Tommy. I
2: know.
0: <laughs> Going back to Australia, you know, I, I want to be there so bad. And we've connected with uh, Leah, with meet the victims. Over in Australia, okay. Because we're trying to get me there. We're trying to get me to Australia because I I want to do any and everything I can for the animals and for the farmers right now, right here, right now in this place and time, with a half a billion animals, you know, on fire, incinerated, you know, because of climate change. It just it just kills me to see the images, uh, you know, the kangaroos that they that they slaughtered in mass today ten thousand of them. No, camels because the kangaroos cat- can- are camels. Yeah, camels. Because I'm sorry, the camels. Because they're drinking the water. You know, the camels are drinking the water hello. And so they're gonna slaughter the camels. Yeah. Entire families. And, and so I wanna I wanna be there. I wanna go there. I wanna be mm-hmm. do whatever I can to, to 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 be with the activists, to be with the farmers to just be
2: there and 30, you know because 30, we gotta start
0: bridging gaps we gotta, we gotta start doing it it's not only that 30 percent right now the koala population
3: mm. is gone right now the koala is in the endangered species list and many of these species that are gone at the moment are only native to australia
2: now it's <sighs> mm, no. terrible and and it's, it's just i mean how much does this have to happen before you know, people wake up. It's like every year, like I feel, and maybe I'm just sensitive to it now, but I feel like the last three years, it's been ridiculous. You know, there's been something like this every single year.
1: Well, we we were flooded three times in our former uh, residence in uh, Ratty Girl Sanctuary has moved to Welder. It used to be on the coastline and that place never flooded. I I bought it 2002 and it never had water in the pastures uh our house flooded twice it didn't flood the last time but uh, we had to rebuild it twice and we had to move the animals on emergency basis three times mm. uh, we're on a hill now so per se. i
3: remember that because when we tried yeah, to set we've up been What I was saying is that we I remember that part because um, I actually called Renee to set up this podcast and she was in the middle of moving the animals with you know with you guys and I was like oh crap okay let me call you back when you guys are on dry land. That was my first introduction (laughs) to Renee. Yeah that was my first introduction to Renee. I didn't even know that was her cell phone number.
1: Well it's in our goals to uh, have a rescue vehicle and because there's going to be more of these incidents happen and we want to go help people a lot of people have helped us and we want to help others
0: you know yeah i do i'm very accessible a lot of people are very surprised that i just pick up the phone but i i'm a, I'm a very accessible uh, you know founder
3: well now that I'm you not, have I'm not one of these
0: now friends. that you have rowdy girl
3: um it seems that behind your back tommy renee was able to get the money to buy the herd from you from her own husband, by donations from the people that followed her, I guess her blog, her her page, and here you go, surprise husband! I'm buying the cattle with this money. You're like, where did this money come from?
1: Well, within the five first five days, seven days after I made that statement, she had already uh, had it. You know, she had collected like five or six thousand dollars, and I was like, oh, crap! <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I couldn't go back on my word, you know, because uh, I was thinking there was no way she could do that, but she was collecting money and it looked like she was going to do it. And so, you know, I just kind of went along with it for a while uh, while I was trying to figure out what, what I could do. There wasn't much I could do except so be logical and listen to people and uh, look at the data and. You know, I was surrounded by vegans, uh and I didn't really want to be a vegan, but I you know, I told Renee once, veganism was shoved down my throat and uh as I chewed it up I acquired a taste for it. And
3: uh I I need to interject again here, you know why? Because we I mean there's many different camps to say, well, you can't force people, but for our listeners and whoever's gonna watch this on our YouTube channel, this is how you convert your spouse. You drag them into the vegan world, kicking and screaming <laughs> no matter what they want to say until they convert. Well, I love you
1: know,
0: it. That's what I do. I get that. I'm like sean okay i'm so passionate oh my god i would have never raised that money money mm. without passion yes you know i would not be where i am right now mm-hmm. five years from now like this all started five years ago five years ago, we would oh, not wow. be here we wouldn't be converting we wouldn't be converting three ranchers wow. right now wow. that are former cattle ranchers and chicken farmers into plant-based farming and other ways of making livings if without passion it because i'm just you know you know, wanna you know do something to make a dollar. This is, I'm driven. I am driven to do whatever I can in the life I have left on this planet for animal liberation and human liberation because, you know, and the liberation of our of our environment. I mean, you know, we gotta speak on all fronts. I mean, there's three different components here. We gotta liberate animals. We gotta liberate animal agriculture uh, folks, you know, that are in animal agriculture because they don't know what else to do and then we need to liberate our planet our environment you know from the horrors of what humanity has done so let's talk about that you do
3: you do have have your advocacy your rancher advocacy program discuss that with us
0: oh sure so it's a little over a year old but uh it's only a little over a year old because i launched it in july of 2019 Mm -hmm but prior to that once I, our story started going viral and we started landing in the laps of everyday farmers and ranchers and people all over, all over the world basically when that happened see farmers and ranchers love animals and kill them see this is this is a, a a reality you know i talk to them all the time you know we got a breeder that we that we that we're working with right now because Not that we're working with, but we just rescued an animal from a breeder that could have potentially gone to slaughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, she loves animals, but she's also breeding them. See, until we help people create the awareness around this disconnect, they don't know they don't love animals. They really believe they do. Yeah, but to make the connection. So that's part of, you know, part of what happened Is our story started causing people to make connections? Mm -hmm. Our story, Mm -hmm. because we were former cattle rancher family, Mm -hmm. uh, and because I'm so passionate, uh, and because our somehow our relationship, you know, really kind of I don't know, people people get kind of turned on by our relationship somehow. I don't know what it is, but because of that people were inspired to take a look at themselves. Mm-hmm. Cattle ranchers, farmers began to call me, uh, families of farmers, daughters, wives, and they began to want to know more. They began to ask questions. And that's how the Rancher Advocacy Program was created, was through a real organic uh, you know, outpouring of questions, from other farmers, and so I, I would just start talking to them, just just to tell them, you know, how it happened, and you know, you know, a lot of people know seventy-three cows, Jay, in the UK. You know, I talked to them before they ever converted, and that was just just as just talking to these folks, you know, uh, the folks in Canada. Um, I can't remember the name of the farmhouse garden or something. Uh, they've got a sanctuary there. They were, he was a cattle rancher. I don't think he's quite vegan yet, but they got, he, he, he doesn't uh, send his animals to slaughter anymore. They got a garden. Uh, you know, so I started talking to people and things just started changing. And next thing you know, I'm like talking to one of our advisors on our, on our team. Um, and she said to me, Renee, it's time for you to start thinking about your programming for Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. And I said, well, what do other sanctuaries do? And she said, well, you know, you know, they have events, tours. Some people do, you know, uh, tours for, you know, handicapped kids and help them relate to the animals, blah, blah. She said, but you need to do something that other people aren't doing. Yeah. So what is it that you think you do that nobody else is doing that you could create a program around a couple of programs, think of two. So we were brainstorming. I said, well, I said, I'm not only an animal advocate, I'm a rancher's advocate. And I said, can we build a program around that? And she went, tell me more. And so I started telling her about all the ranchers and their families that contact me. She said, Renee, you're on to something. I said, well, let's have a rancher advocacy program. And so I, I just, and so I started fleshing it out. I started just detailing it out, what it would look like, what I would do. And here we are. Uh, you know, we've recently funded, you know, uh, you know, a former chicken farmer, cattle rancher in Wix, Arkansas. We've saved 240 of their cows. We're turning their chicken houses into mushroom farm, and we're doing all that with our coalition of horses and rap. Uh, we've to date, you know, funneled over a half million dollars to this farm through a foundation that works with us and you know you don't get that because you just want to pick up the phone and ask you do it for the passion right it's pure passion and i'm driven to not only save animals but to save ranchers for for, someone for
3: for someone who lives who's lived in the city all her life this is fascinating because i mean how how maybe tommy can also answer this since he's been a multi-generation cattle rancher but how profitable is a cattle or chicken business
1: I couldn't speak about the chickens but I, I'll tell you this uh, for the most part it's hard to find a chicken farmer or a pig farmer or a dairy farmer that likes their job. Mm. So uh, ranching is a little bit different. People are, live on the land and, and I, I sense that they most ranchers like what they're doing. There's not a lot of money in it. It uh, pays the bills uh, but you know, in, in my situation, I only had 30 head and I made probably more money on the hay than I did on the cows. Uh, wow. But there's, uh, you know, there's more than one reason. Uh, you've got to pay taxes on your land, and taxes are cheaper if you have cows on there. If we can uh, somehow level that playing field, there's a lot of people that will give up ranching because it, it's a lot of work. You, you don't even make minimum wage.
0: And what we're doing with RAP, we call yes. it RAP, R-O-P, what we're doing with RAP, well, yeah. Now, the ones that make the money are the ones in the big feedlots. The ones that make the money are the ones in big animal ag, you know, like the, the big, big system.
3: Corporations.
0: But the But the, uh, the common everyday farmers, they don't make any money. They barely break even. Mm. Wow. So those are the ones I'm trying to, uh, to work reach. with and talk to because, you know, because if we can show them another way, And we've got a a foundation working with us that believes in us and what we're doing and so we're writing business plans we're creating marketing plans we're you know but we're but nobody else is doing this work we're boots on the ground with it so so we're getting ready to uh present this business plan you wouldn't believe this plan it's unbelievable to impact investors green investors you know that the foundation is bringing into the forefront of what we're doing Because not only can we have a mushroom farm there, grow mushrooms, but what we could also do is create a plant-based product, you know, out of those mushrooms. We could create a facility right there on the farm so that they could be the end user of their own mushrooms, creating, you know, whether it be mushroom jerky or mushroom whatever, you know. Mushroom Uh, bacon. So there's all kind of ways. Mushroom bacon. What? Mushroom bacon. Mushroom bacon. (laughs) <laughs> they do that. There's a company called, uh, there's a, it's, it's something about pig something or another. Uh, there is a, there is a company called that. Like pig I mean, out? there is a mushroom bacon.
3: Yeah. We had a, okay. we had an event here that we were with, um, with Susan Hargreaves and somebody from Orlando, yeah. they, they sprinkled mushroom bacon. And I was like, Oh God, it tastes <laughs> just like what I, I mean, I've never had pork, but from what my boyfriend said, it reminded him of it. I was like, really? And I was like eating and I was like, Okay.
2: And I think what we're seeing a lot more are examples of what you can do with it. You know, I, I think I just saw an article about a mushroom steak that, you know, looked almost identical mm-hmm. to the steak. And um, I think that's fascinating. But what I also think is fascinating is just the trend of what's happening. It's like Borden. I know it's not exactly ranch uh, uh, a ranch, but it, it does show you like the big, some of the bigger companies, they're going bankrupt. You know, the, the industry is change, is shifting. And they get to, we, um, as a business owner, they get to stay ahead of that. So what you're doing is tremendous because it's, yep. it's showing them that there's another option. And it's also creating sustainability for the people that are going to consume what it's they're going to create.
3: And create something that people want. Like there's either uh, other, other farmers who have turned to hemp farming. And we all know how important hemp is to our lifestyle into the lifestyle of almost every other person that enjoys having hemp.
0: Yeah, we're researching that food with one of our other farms uh, to possibly grow hemp there. And our other, we have two farms in Texas, small, small farms. And because that's really the ones that are most interested in our program that we found so far. <coughs> uh, and then we have one in Giddings, Texas, Starlove Ranch. Uh, you Google them, you can see Starlove. They uh, had a former, uh, their sixth generation <coughs> cattle ranch family, and they're going to be doing way, uh, vegan weddings on their uh, place.
3: Nice.
0: nice. She's really into all the uh, holistic grazing and all the um, regeneration of the land. Holly and Davy Uh and then we have uh, the Barretts in Wix, Arkansas. Rodney and Jennifer Barrett. And then we have Cindy and Richard Trailer in Huntsville, Texas. And then we got another farm coming to us, I uh, think from North Carolina, another chicken farmer.
3: So what your program shows is that uh, nut milks, fruits and vegetables, hemp, mushrooms, or anything else that you decide to grow, it does make financial sense to switch from a cattle farming life to a more sustainable vegan business.
0: It all depends. It uh, depends on their, uh, you know, their 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 financial picture. Every farm is going to be different with their finances. We we have a team of uh, experts. It's our RAP Coalition. And one of the members is our financial advisor. And he helps advise us on, you know, we look at the, the portfolio, if you will, of a rancher. How much debt do they owe? Uh, how much equipment do they have? You know, what is the, you know, we, we help them determine those things. I mean, some farms are going to be, better off than others, depending on how much money they owe and all
3: that. So is it so? Is it difficult to switch? Yeah. Well, depending, but like you said, but is it difficult to switch from cattle ranch to something else? Does it take years? Does it take months?
0: Well, we're, we're pioneering this right now. We're at the, we're at the head of the curve right now, discovering all this out. You know, I mean, you, it's not sustainable, if you will. It's not a viable to, you know, just keep cows on land uh uh you know that you're wanting to use for something else but that's kind of what we're doing right now because i'm not going to send those cows to slaughter so we'll take care of them through the foundation however you know what we've got to be thinking about is as we as as mass exodus starts occurring and it will as more and more farmers want to get out of this business and you have thousands of pigs thousands of chickens and you know uh cows and goats and what all you know we gotta create a new sanctuary model. This is what I'm gonna talk to you about right now is something that every activist, every person that cares about this planet needs to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. And that is what do you do with all of these animals exiting the system? Do you slaughter them mm-hmm. and then say to the farmer, Okay, now let's slaughter your thousand cows and then get back to me and then we'll talk about what to do on your land. Do we slaughter your 100, you know, your 10,000 chickens before you create a mushroom farm. So these questions are, are, are really, you know, I, I personally can't do that. See, um, that's where I'm at today. I can't say yes to that. So what I can say yes to is we need a new model. Uh, the land we have right now on planet Earth is not being used right. We need to give the land back to the animals. The animals deserve to live on this land like they are intended to live on it, just like we do. I mean, even at my sanctuary, it's never good enough for me. I never like seeing chickens or cows or anybody behind a fence or in a cage or or in a kennel. I want to give them the freedom they deserve to live on this planet just like we have. And so we've got to figure out how to give the land back mean the animals back to the land, the land back to the animals. And so this is a question we all need to be figuring this out. And it's a new model. We're going to have to get land grants. We're going to have to uh, ask people, you know, that have lots of uh, land, you know, maybe from inheritance or whatever to donate land so that we can get land ready for these mass exits that, that are going to be occurring. Uh, so, and, and, and you won't be able to take care of them exactly like you do in a traditional sanctuary because there'll be too many animals. And so you, what you'll do is you'll create a balanced ecosystem, bring wildlife back. And so natural predation would occur, but at least, and you would spay and, you know, you would neuter the the males. So you don't just put thousands of mm-hmm. cows out there breeding, uh, you know. So so there's all kind of things we got to figure out, guys.
2: This ain't an easy answer. There ain't easy answers here. And do you, like, how is your community in respect to people helping to come up with those solutions? Or, um, you know, once you people do convert, are they engaged in the advocacy (laughs) (laughs) portion of it as well? Or are they just mainly focused on, you know, creating a, um, a sustainable revenue stream?
0: It depends on them. Uh, Jennifer and Rodney Barrett are gonna be amazing advocates for farmers, Uh, but right now we're focused on transitioning their farm. We haven't even started growing the mushrooms in there yet, but it's coming. The business model is in approval stages right now. Uh, We're keeping everything under control there. We've saved the farm, we've saved the cows. Uh, We take care of them financially through our foundation so that everything's stable. And very soon we will start going mushrooms, and believe me, every, the world will know about it whenever we do it because I'll be there with the media. And so, <laughs> uh, but you can see, <laughs> you can see on YouTube if you go to our YouTube channel, you can see stories that we've got out on them. And um, and then and then with uh, Star Love, you know, right now they're you know they're really working on we're working on their marketing plan so that we can help them uh be stable in they don't want to be a nonprofit. They want to be able to make money. Like we're a nonprofit. The barracks don't want to be a nonprofit per se, but there might be part nonprofit, part, part business because the nonprofit section may be the sanctuaries and the cows and the profit for the for the product or for the service. And so because we're at the front end of this, Sean, uh it's hard to answer that question. We are we are in the we're in the midst of answering those questions. I feel like, I feel like if I look at it from the outside looking in, like folks for the first time coming into America or, I mean, this is the first time, you know, we've ever ventured in this department, Mm -hmm. but it's, we can't overthrow the system. We have to create a new one. We have to, Look at what we've done, and go. You know that that shit ain't working.
2: Yeah.
0: That doesn't work. I don't care how you want to frame it, how you want to do it. It doesn't work to commodify animals and sell them for for a profit. It's just not working. You can't you can't do it. You can't do it. So let's create a new system. And there's other there's other leaders in our movement that have this same mindset, like uh, Salish Rao. You know, with Vegan World 2026, mm-hmm. there's Paul McGee Barry who just launched. Uh, well, he hadn't launched it yet, but I'll tell you a secret. You can look it up. It's called Wake of Justice. WakeofJustice.org. You look that up. Uh, we haven't launched that yet. He's one of our, he's on our board for directors. But, you know, there's people like that that are on the forefront of seeing that we have to create a new system on our planet. Not engage the old. Start a new one, let the old one fall away. Kinda like a snake stepping right out of its skin.
2: No, I'm. Um, and when you're speaking I'm I'm imagining a trailblazing. You know, you're you're creating that path that other people are going to walk along.
3: She's pioneering.
2: Exactly. You're you're a pioneer in what you're creating and what I hope comes out of this in you know this conversation. If someone's listening, what would be your advice to them if they let's say there's a cattle rancher, there's a rancher that likes what you're saying and wants to take that next step? Because I know you probably have a lot on your plate. Like what what would you say to them?
0: What I say to uh, – I've got, got a rancher in my inbox right now i got to talk to after I get through with you. Uh, it, he's asking me that very question. You know, he wants to know he was introduced, and this happens quite frequently. And what I say to them is, first of all, go to our website, uh, rancheradvocacy.org, fill out the rancher intake form. That's the first step so that I can get to know you, nice. so that I can introduce you to our team. And we can sit down and have a conversation, first on the phone, and then, you know, if things keep progressing, you know, I'll go out there, we'll we'll go out there, we'll look at your farm, we'll see what's next. So, we just start off with a conversation, you know? No promises. I can't make anybody any promises, but I guarantee you this, if you want to change, we will help you. It's kind of like, I don't know if you know anybody in Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. but. If you, what they say in Alcoholics Anonymous is this, if you want to so, go get sober, I'll go to hell and back with you to help you stay sober mm. and to help you get sober. If you want to convert your farm, you want to convert your ranch, I will go to hell and back with you to help you figure out a way to do that. That's what I'm doing.
2: Mm. And as far as what's next
0: for Rowdy Girl,
2: for Rowdy Girl what can you tell us, um, tell our listeners and our viewers um, about what you have coming up, and how can they potentially support you?
0: Uh, well, we have the Wrap Summit that's going to be in September of 2020 in Austin, Texas, at the Westin Hotel. We are, uh, we're, we're in, we've already got great sponsors engaged. Miyoko's Creamery is uh, one of we our love big her. diamond sponsors, I think. Yeah, and we've got uh, V Dog uh, is one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Free from Harm uh jane unchained and also veg Fund. and so you know the, the the summit is going to be amazing it's because it's going to be a two and a half day event and we're going to be bringing our farmers there we're going to be talking about what we're doing we're going to have workshops and so that's going to be in austin texas in september just continue to watch for that you know more announcements on it uh follow us on instagram you can follow our rowdy girl sanctuary We also have the Rancher Advocacy Program on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, We have a YouTube channel, Radical Sanctuary. We have a Twitter channel for Radical Sanctuary. And, you know, but that's what's coming up. And we're going to be launching our capital campaign. What's
1: that? And a veganic farm.
0: Oh, and yes, we got to start our veganic farm. And so Tommy's out there working every single day in the garden. We are, uh, We are, how big is that garden?
1: Uh, it's about a quarter of an acre right now. Yeah.
0: So he's out there every day working in the dirt. Uh, you now we started planting seeds and we are actually uh, creating a veganic garden. We're not putting any animal inputs back in. Whatever inputs are there, I mean, whatever animal manure, whatever is there is there. But we're not putting any additional animal inputs. We're not going to be using any chemicals. Uh, at all, we are going to be exploring all kind of ways to create a really, really great garden and find ways to market that. Uh, and you can see that on Facebook. It's under Rowdy Girl Organic Farm.
1: We're just now starting. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, we right five years ago, or four and a half years ago, and and yeah, the really? first flood hit us right when we uh, created a farm, and we, we're just getting back to it now that we're in a safe zone.
0: You know, we are going to be doing, we're going to be launching a capital campaign uh, sometimes this year. We might have our first big announcement on all that, you know, in the next few months. But, you know, we're here now. Uh, We're working with an architect, we're working with the buzzers, we're creating uh, a plan so that we can have an education center here. Uh, We really want to be able to educate uh, the public ranchers veterinarians you know large animal vets because you know people send these animals to slaughter when they're still babies you know we we need to start teaching uh people that care about animals vets um farmers and ranchers how to take care of animals so the day they die you know cows for instance could live up to 21 22 25 years old even but they're slaughtered six months or three months and yeah Yeah, you know, and so chickens, you know, we have chickens that are eight years old, nine years old out here right now, you know, and they're killed when they're 32 weeks or something.
1: No, about 52 to 68 days.
0: Yeah, so it's just crazy, you know, and so so we're going to be developing a place here where, you know, we can uh, show people how to take care of animals so the day they die. Uh, We'll have an education center. We'll have places for people to stay. Um, like a resort. And... Like a resort. <laughs> oh, oh well, I don't know about that. <laughs> 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 so,
3: resort
1: where you kept your walk.
0: Ain't no, no freaking resort. If you want to call Stephanie cash at a resort, hell yeah! Come on <laughs> <ahead>. <laughs> hey, I I'm all for
3: I'm all for this uh for this organic farm because or organic uh vegetable garden, fruit garden, whatever you want to call it, because everybody knows who knows me that I'm notorious for not keeping plants alive. <laughs> so that is something that I will personally like to to um, to learn when I hopefully. Hey, are you guys inviting us to Rowdy Girl
0: Sanctuary? Are is the public allowed sure. to go in? Yeah, the public. We have public tours. And we have private tours. Ooh, Sean, uh, we have, we have to a lot on. of people come around. Like,
2: you what? know,
0: a lot of bloggers. A lot of bloggers. A lot of bloggers. They come out. You know, I got a guy right now doing a 5K or, or doing something. I don't know. He's 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 going all around the, the world right now. He's going to be here. So we, are, we, you know, we welcome people all the time, you know, to come here to- And
1: volunteers.
0: To film, to volunteer. We have a volunteer day, February 22nd. Oh, Sean, and we can go. So um, where is this Rowdy Girl exactly
3: located, based on the ones who don't know the, the geography of Texas?
1: Well, if you fly in, you're one hour from the Austin airport, and it's an easy yeah. drive. That's it's fair. out of town from the airport. So if you ever fly into Austin, we are one hour.
2: And Austin is actually yeah, on my
1: at, list.
3: Yeah, that's on our list of places to go. Oh,
1: yeah, there's we a lot of good have. places there to visit me.
0: Okay, and so- invite, me to come to South- invite me to come to South Florida for one of your festivals or your or for one.
2: Ooh, We actually will take you up on that. We'll, we will. we'll get in touch, but we'd love for you to come out and see what South Florida is all about. And for you to you know share it. your story directly with our audience, because I think just listening to listening to what listening to what your story um just I could see why you know people follow what you're what you have going on because it it's 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 showing that there are real people out here that are passionate about the animals passionate about you know the what the environment what we're doing and it's accessible it's like oh wow I, you know listening to Tommy's story it's like damn that's that's me or that's my brother that's my father like it's possible you know what i mean so that's it creates that possibility and hope for people to say okay this such and such person is not a lost cause let me keep at it let me show my passion and and make and push that person to the other side
0: <laughs> i would like i i uh, I love speaking in and the out anywhere and everywhere I can about this because I don't think we have a lot of time left on this planet without uh, people doing that. And, uh, you know, I'll be at San Luis Obispo at their Veg Fest in February. Uh, And then uh, I go to Harvard in March. And then in July, I'll be in uh, the Animal Liberation Conference in New York, speaking there. And so, yeah, just let us know.
2: All right, we yeah. definitely will. We definitely will. And before we close off the podcast, I know you have calls to make um, any closing remarks to anyone that may be listening to this episode about just any closing remarks at all? I'm not going to prompt.
0: <laughs> well, I always ask people if you love and support our work, uh, you know, my voice for all of our animals here is that we need members. You know, everyday people can become a member of what of what we do for as little as 15 bucks a month. Some do 5 or $10, but, you know, it's $15 a month is the average. Um, and so become a member of what we do. You can become a member that way. You can join RAP. You can adopt or sponsor one of our amazing animals because the work we do here is it costs quite a bit, you know, um, and so it's, it's easier for us to uh, budget just with our membership. We love our big donors, don't get me wrong. We love big donors. They help a lot with big big projects, you know, roads, buildings, you know, and all of that. But uh, hey, but our members help us with our budget, our monthly budget.
2: And yeah. one, one more time, where can they go to become a member or become a sponsor? org
0: slash membership. And if you'd like to sponsor the summit uh, coming up in 2020, you can see all about that on, I'm on RancherAdvocacy.org.
2: And I'll let um, Alva close out the episode.
0: Well,
3: this to me has been a dream come true. I never thought that I would be able to speak to Renee or Tommy when I saw them like, I want to say maybe two years ago or three years ago when I was a travel nurse. And I was like, I cannot believe this woman is doing this. And now look at us almost three years later and dream come true. We can
0: check that off my bucket list. I'm so glad that, you, that we were able to, to do that. Now, you know, I, I want people to always know we're very accessible.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you both very much. And you can get the show notes. and. Say that one more time.
1: That's said, Come see us.
2: Oh, well, we definitely will. We'll bring our video cameras and we'll, we'll show people, you know, how to, you know, get started and Yep. All that good stuff. So flow
3: Vegans will be going to Texas. We'll actually give you guys a heads up. I'll look at the calendar and then we'll be calling you. <laughs>
2: yeah. You are listening to the SoFlo Vegans podcast. All right, man. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the SoFlo Vegans podcast. We love doing these episodes, especially when we meet people from around the world trailblazing, setting the ground for the future of the planet, not just the vegan movement, but the planet. And we have some amazing episodes coming up for you, and we want to make sure that you are subscribed. That is the first step. So go to soflowvegans.comslash podcast, and on that page, we have links to all of the ways you can subscribe to our program. So, just some of the guests that we have coming up we have Robbie Barbaro and Cyrus from Mastering Diabetes. We have Dr. Joel Kahn. We have Jody Manel from Live Kindly. David Carter, the 300-pound vegan. Peter Savone. So there's so many people that we're going to be bringing to you in the next couple of weeks. And immediately, our next podcast is going to be Jeff Palmer from Clean Machine. So Continue to support us. Continue to support the vegan movement. Go to SoFloVegans.com. See all the things that we're doing. And we'll see you next you time. You are listening to the SoFlo Vegans Podcast.